Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, program faculty member for Influential You and your host for our weekly podcast. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we have helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we will be welcoming Jody Lentz to the Influential You podcast. Jody Lentz is the Vice President of Brokerage for Pacific Advisors. She works with financial advisors across the country to allow them to work with their own clients by helping to train them in protection and retirement products. Now, she has a motto that I absolutely love. She will never apologize to a client for recommendation which she has made. Now, that is a tall order for a performer personality, if you know anything about the personalities. She's joining us from the Pacific Northwest, and I want to thank each of you for joining me in welcoming Jody Lentz to the Influential You podcast. Jody, I am so glad you're here because we have been friends since the moment I met you. But would you please just expound upon your offer in the marketplace? And because I don't think I do you justice, but will you tell everybody kind of your expertise in the marketplace? Gosh, my expertise in the marketplace is I started in this career of protection products, primarily life insurance, disability, retirement, business planning about 30 years ago. And one of the things I felt so important is I went through all the training and the development and working with my clients, but I didn't want to be a life insurance agent or a um, advisor that people didn't trust. And I guess that's the performer personality in me, Josh. But what I found more important is I wanted to be the person that I wanted somebody to come talk to me like. I wanted honesty. I wanted to be able to trust them, um, the ethics behind what they are, are doing for me. So I felt that my values early on were if I'm going to go into this career that I kind of fell into by accident, in all honesty, it was really important for me that I always do the right thing for a client. And if I want to be in the career for a long time, that comes back to bite you in the rear end if you're not. And I don't want to take that phone call of having someone say, what, what on earth did you do to us? I would feel so responsible. And you, you and I are a lot alike in that performer personality. So it's important to us that we do the right thing and that people will still like us 10 years, 20 years into this you know, business world that we're in. So I treat my own clients that way, as well as, you know, any of the advisors that I work with, service with, you know, to make sure that they follow that same sort of path that's important to me. And it really comes from what companies do I offer, who do I work with, and, and the trust is such a large factor that it's hugely important. I, I love that for so many reasons, because in, in a way, we're, we kind of both like echo a lot of Zig Ziglar. We have a lot of that, you know, be, I think we've probably walked into a room and never seen a stranger. We've always just seen future friends. And that's why I just enjoy you so much. From the very first moment we met, it was just like, hi, I've known you forever. How are you? And it was just right. kind of that friendship. So I'm really excited you're here. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what you just talked about. In a little bit later when we talk about activity of life or work because when you said you you fell into this offer you don't really do that much anymore you kind of do what you want and i i really like that in the program one of the things that you actually taught me by watching you move 
was, no, this is what I'm doing now. And I'm like, oh, oh, very good. And I love the way that you move with that certainty with your mind and body. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But before we jump into that, I want to talk to you about what life was like before you studied with us at Influential You. Tell me, bring me back and, and kind of sh tell me where your mind was when you started even considering Influential You. So in my career, in my work life, it doesn't matter, you know, what career I would have chosen, which path to, to go down. One, it was important to me that I liked it, that I believed in it, that I could be really good at it. If I couldn't be good, then I didn't want to be in it. And I chose this career. So one of the important things for me is always going through continuing education. And it's not just learning the latest tax laws or whatever are out there or, you know, what the money managers are doing or any of that. But more importantly, what's what's in it for me kind of a thing and not meaning in a selfish way. But how can I get better? How can I have more confidence in what I'm doing? Because so many years in the early stages of my career, I didn't have a lot of confidence and I would know so many people that I could go talk to in a higher ecology, but I didn't believe in myself. And I probably, in all honesty, didn't have, you know, that that knowledge either to be going down that road. But I always knew who I could go to and what to do. But that confidence level was always lacking. And I've always felt that the education is important for myself and coaching type programs. And I have gone through numerous coaches in different capacities and different uh, specialties. But when I got introduced to, uh, it was Influence Ecology at the time, Influential You, it was an introduction from someone who I had great respect for in this industry. And he said, I'd really like you to meet with Josh. And I'm going to be really honest with you because I love you, Josh, and you know how much I love the program. But here was my response okay, that's fine. And I look at my husband and I roll my eyes and I'm like, good Lord, I got to meet with this guy. I don't even know what this is. And I don't know if I want to, you know, learn new language and all of this, you know, I'm just too old for this in the career. And in all honesty, I had every intention of meeting with you because I do what I say I'm going to do, but I was going to hope to blow you off within 15 minutes and get on with happy hour or dinner. Cause I think we met at about five o'clock. And there was something about you that I thought he's got, you know, charisma. He's he's funny. Um, there were numerous things. But in your question, you know, what was life like before that? I think I didn't have the right perspective and the right. Um, I don't know if it's as much confidence as it was a combination of confidence and a good process and the preparation. When I've learned how critically important it is on that preparation, even if it's a 10 minute, 15 minute process, it makes all the difference in the world. And when you go through that, you can't help but have the confidence that, you know, I rocked that appointment and I feel good about it. But I didn't prepare appropriately. You know, I slid into home plate two minutes late going, sorry, I'm late. And, you know, I don't do that anymore. So it definitely was impactful. Yeah, I love that because one of the things you said was you were rather impulsive um, versus reactive, you know, and would you tell me a little bit more about kind of like how your feelings and I know with a lot of performers, they kind of just go with, you know, they, they shoot from the hip. They don't really like a plan sometimes. Can you tell right. me a little bit about about that? It's definitely not my personality to be um, a, a scheduler. 
but or or being so planned out i live and i take one day at a time sometimes but it it really is versus reactive to be proactive and to go in and, and to be in my industry and at my level and when you want to go um you know from something to you know, two steps up, two steps up from that. And you're climbing that, whether it's the corporate ladder or on the entrepreneurial side, whatever it might be, we all strive and our aims are to hit that higher ecology. It's working smarter versus harder. But if you want to get to that place, you really have to put some preparation into it, which I didn't put enough in in the past. I would learn things about people because I felt like I wanted to have that good rapport with them when we and find that common ground. But when you put that preparation into it and you look at, you know, what is the transaction cycle? What are the different things and where do I need to be ahead or, you know, or behind the bell curve one way or the other of, you know, what the cycle is makes a huge difference. So, you know, for me, it took me some time to fine tune that. But, you know, the more I practiced that, the more it was front of mind. It's you know, my personality is still, if I have to be there at 12 o'clock, I'll be there maybe at one minute till. That's better than five after. But, you know, the preparation to walk in and know that I have the confidence because I've got my my stuff together, it's all, it's been hugely helpful. Yeah, and I love that you keep bringing up confidence because I know one of the things that you will probably remember and you probably already know, confidence is built on competence. And what you're really, you know, displaying and, and showing is, hey, I became more competent and that effect became more confidence is what I'm, I'm hearing. Is that, is that right. fair? Very fair. You know, I remember a couple of times in, I had uh, Marnie as my mentor, as you know, that we had conversations and it was just, I don't know why, but it was hard for me when people would say, oh my gosh, you know, whether, oh, I, I love your outfit or that is just so smart. I'm so impressed. I would go, oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, it's it's this ugly thing. And now I, I discounted what they just complimented. And it was Marnie who really called me out on that one time. And I don't ever do that again. I don't want to discount them. I just say, thank you. You know, sometimes you feel like maybe it's not true or not true, but you know what? It's a thank you. That's all you need. Oh, that's so good. And I think part of that is similar to me in the sense of we're both people pleasers mm -hmm. or recovering people pleasers, which right. is an asset and a liability. And I've had many people tell me, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. And, but then at the same time, it's also where a lot of my strength comes. So I'd love to hear your relationship with that term people pleaser as, as you put it in the show notes. You know, people pleaser, when I meet with people, first of all, I try to put myself in their shoes. If they walk into a room, whether it's, you know, I know you're involved in the chamber. Um, I'm involved as, as a board member here at the Columbia Tower Club or any kind of an event. I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to come in and enjoy and get everything out of it that they put into showing up. I think half the, the battle for anybody is to show up. There are times that I don't know a lot of people and I always certainly hope that they'll embrace me and make it a good experience for me. So it's that. And I also, when transacting with them, you know, whether it's uh, going out and buying something, taking, you know, like a classic transaction to me was trying to get one of my boys to go to a, a Planet Fitness. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to do that. And I thought, you know what I have to do is I have to set the stage and make him feel good about it. 
And it's like sharing some of the benefits and the features. And how about we go sometime? You know, it's not you should go here with me. So I think mm. how you transact and the words that you use and how you set it up will make people feel like it was part of their idea. And, you know, it just makes them happier. And I have a story on my whole transacting with different people and how you impacted me and the difference that it made even in my own business that we can get into at some point. I, I love that. And the communication, right? Like that is the yeah. superpower of a performer is our ability to communicate. And, you know, you even mentioned that you were, I'm going to, I'm going to use your words, not mine, a little arrogant when you, when you were thinking about doing the program mm -hmm. um, and, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to talk to people. What did it do? I mean, and we'll jump into kind of the second phase, but but tell me about communication before you studied at Influential You, and maybe just tease us a little bit with some of the things that you utilize now or the tools that you use during the Fundamentals of Transaction program. Prior to the program, if I were calling on an advisor, there are some people in our industry that are super old. They're in their 70s. That's not fair to say for people who are 70. I apologize for that. The people who are in their 70s and even 80s. And we're in an industry that as long as you are relevant and you have the ability to and, and the knowledge to continue, there's no time that you have to say, hey, I'm forced to retire. So you get some of those people, they are a little bit on the old school, less technology, all of that. Many times I didn't want them to not like me per se, but I wasn't going to be willing to dig any deeper. It's like, okay, bye-bye. And interestingly enough, I took a challenge to myself after, it was actually shortly after I was going through my final exit interview with you and, and you were kind of helping me through some things. Shortly after that, there is this, this gentleman, and, and I'm just going to say that was my before and after. I was calling on people who didn't want to deal with my company. They were you know, done doing business with us for whatever reason. And I looked at his past history and he was a huge performer. He was working in the business market with some pretty mega businesses on a national level. Like they, they were, he was a big time guy. And I thought he is smart enough and good enough to be in that marketplace. So for whatever reason, he's not doing business with my company. I wonder what happened. I call and he was just cantankerous. Your company didn't pay attention to me and yada, yada, yada. He was very defensive and angry and whatever. And I sort of let him dump his bucket. And I thought, got a total judge on my hand here. He's living in the past. He's angry. He's this. And, you know, of course, when I set up the appointment, I called him right on time because I, you know, I could have probably called him early and he would have been fine with that. But the difference of knowing what kudos to use for him and understanding his issues and letting him know, you know, the, the knowledge that I have and how I can help him versus, you know, what he had done for me lately. It was all of those different things that I learned on how you transact with people outside of your own personality. That was, that guy was one of my top performers last year. He was my top income earner from me, Jody Lentz in my pocketbook. Um, because I took the time and learned how to deal with him. And I now hear from him two or three times a week about how helpful I've been, how great this relationship has been, how he's so glad he came back. But the old Jody would have went, high maintenance, got to go, mm -hmm. moving on to the next person who I can have some fun with, you know? So that was the difference for me, I think, is 
is learning the patients. And I did that preparation beforehand. If I had called him not knowing his capabilities, I would have never gotten that far. I would have just went, doesn't like me. Bye-bye. He doesn't like my company. I, I love I love that for so many different reasons, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the chat because I actually we we got a, a message in the chat for those of you that are just watching or just joining. I'm here with Jody Lentz uh, with Pacific Advisors. We'll put the the website up so that everybody can see uh, more about her offer. But John Patterson, my CEO, is watching, and he said, "I couldn't agree more. When preparation meets opportunity, you get big big wins. Yeah, great wisdom. So th there you go from from the guy that that, that signs my paychecks." Now I'm, I'm going to tell you this, uh, there were a, a couple things that you mentioned that you learned during the program. You mm -hmm. talked about section three blues, which is one of my favorite parts of the fundamentals of transaction, because really, and I, without spilling the popcorn before the movie, for those of you who haven't done the fundamentals of transaction, you really get smacked about what are you doing? What do you want? Where are you going? And you said that you had a few ego hits. Are you open to talking a, a little bit about some of the realizations that you had in, in your session three? Um, I, in my session three, remind me of that. I mean, definitely I had some ego smacks, a combination of my career for years. Yeah. I get ego smacks. You, you, you know, reach out to people you think you have a good relationship with and they shoot you down. And in my industry, you know, people will either work with you because they trust you. They trust the knowledge that you have. You might have that specialized knowledge that they want. Um, they, there's reasons for that and they feel you care about them. If if you you also come across people that they might be super, super wealthy, but they don't want you to know how they earned that money. It could have been an inheritance or something else, or they're one you know foot in the door of bankruptcy and they don't want you to know. So it's not always personal, but it's hard not to take that personal. Yeah. And I think in my career, I've, I've had a ton of ego smacks from that you know, regards that, gosh, why don't they want to work with me? I mean, I'm honest, ethical. I would never do anything wrong. I would go over and above and beyond, like, what's wrong with me? And it's part of my personality type, as well as it was hard to overcome, but now I'm good with that. I know it's not a personal hit. Um, coming through the program, there are many times that I would think that I would raise my hand, you know, in, in the program because I thought I knew the answer. And I didn't know the answer. I wasn't sure really even what I was doing. So, you know, there's there's always in that learning and that knowledge gathering process that we, you know, want to fine tune and get better at. And sometimes I think whether it's an ego smack or putting you back in your place, those are, you know, how we learn. I feel like the mistakes that I've made have never been a bad thing. It's always been a growing, you know, opportunity for me. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. And, and I think it scared my CEO and, and president when I first started because, boy, we just smacked Josh and he keeps showing up. <laughs> and so they kept investing in me and they kept doing it. And I'm, I'm still here four and a half years later and I'm, I'm having more fun now than I ever have because I've learned the different ways of communicating. And it, in your answers, you also had something about listening skills that you've increased your ability to listen. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Um, and I know that you've mentioned talking with judges and the different personalities, but what's different now after you know doing the program or what do you, what did you learn about how you listen as a performer? I was accused early in my career. I am a talker. I started out growing up always never. Yeah. I was never really very shy. We moved about 
30 times. You would think that I was a military person, but my father was in commercial construction. So I went to literally 20 schools in your, you know, 18 years of education. Um, not 18 years, but like through kindergarten through age 12. I mean, at grade 12. So I was always the new person, had to make new friends quickly. So it's not that I was ever afraid to talk to people, but I would get accused of, of Jody doesn't listen. Jody talks too much. And one of my uh, mentors at one time said, Jody, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. So, you know, you don't want to go down that road. You have to learn to listen. And the listening and the transactions and in the transacting and the knowledge and, you know, a little bit of how your program comes together really is, it's, it's a major impact on realizing how important, not just listening and hearing, but like waiting and not thinking about what can I say next, but listening and being engaged and being present. And that's just part of, if you want to, have a successful transaction you need to listen yeah. it's their problem not yours you need to know what their problem is how can you be helpful can you help them solve that and that's for me you know in my career that's so good jody one, i don't know if we've we've shared this together or not but one of the first things kirkland told me is if you're going to work here i need you to stop talking so much i mean that was like the first day on the job kirkland looks me in the eye and goes this is a listening sale people will tell you how to sell them, listen. And that was, that was it. Just listen to what they need. And are you a solution to that issue or that problem? If so, move forward. If not, help them find what they're looking for. And if it's not us, great. They're going to be, they'll know where the water is when they get thirsty. And it right. was one of the most valuable things. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about when you were learning was this, you, you said minor changes made big impacts for you and that you didn't consider your value. And I would like to, I'd like to hear as we move into kind of what life's like now, what changes or what things did you level up on? And then secondly, how do you consider yourself valuable now? I, I really, I'm doing a lot of the same things that I was doing when I was going through the program. You know, I, I have changed a little bit and I have actually moved up in, you know, my career. I, you know, one of the things that I have really learned through Influential You is, you know, we transact to improve our conditions of life. And how can I best do that? How can I be prepared? And more importantly, you know, I compare it to whether it's how can I move up to that higher ecology? Do I have the confidence for it? And I had to look inside myself and kind of, kind of funny, but I've always felt I'm confident in reaching out to that higher ecology. I'm not afraid of that. The worst they can tell me is no. Um, but how do I go through a transaction or the communication level with that person, that company, that client, that agent, that whoever it might be, um, advisor firm, how can I approach them in the right way, in the right pattern or process? And what words can I use and what can I do that would build that trust? And I've done a great job at going after, you know, some people call it working smarter versus harder. Some people call it elephant hunting. Mm -hmm. And I've just been pretty good at that. 
you know, I get kudos for, for that more that, wow, how do you get these big firms, these big clients, these whatever. And it's really a, a matter of how do you communicate? How do you approach? And do you have that preparation beforehand and know what you're walking into and have a little bit of an idea? I mean, anybody can Google search anymore and find out, you know, information. Is it a fact? Maybe. Is it important? Maybe. Is it unimportant? Probably. But looking at some of those different categories on people and or companies, you find what their weak spots are, how you can have a conversation around that, because you can start targeting and feel like you're a little bit of an expert before you even walk in. And the program made a major impact on that. But healthy mind, healthy body makes a big difference. You know, one of the things, you know, in the, the you know, the things that we had to report on in the program were our health as one of the main metrics. And I think preparing your mind and keeping your body healthy, huge. That, that will determine how long you're going to work and be able to, you know, save money or do the things that you love or whatever it is as we age. Yeah. And that's that leads into really the idea of your environment. You said that now life is different for a lot of reasons. Part of it's the preparation. Tell me about what you learned about your environment when it comes to your offer and what you do on a daily basis. Your environment is way more powerful than your willpower. That is my motto from you. Um, that hangs right behind my screen in my office. And it's so true. I think how you set your environment, I schedule myself for appointments with just myself. And every morning I have two hours of focus time. And it's a combination of, you know, meditation, stretching, some exercise. I might go out for an hour long brisk walk and I'll listen to podcasts, some of yours. Um, some of anything that I feel like I can continue learning something, sharpening my brain, sharpening my skills. But I think the environment and how you feel and how you have things set up will determine how your what your behavior is. Yeah, it's so I, I was true. never that clean in my office. I had piles everywhere. I don't have that anymore. So. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Mondays for me are, are cleaning the office and I, I can't tell you how it gets so dirty in a whole week. I'm like, who came in here and did? Oh, it was me. I, I did this. <laughs> and it's really funny because, you know, I've I've leveled up on that. I, that's something that I heard John Patterson, our CEO, say from the stage at a conference. And it's been in my head and I used to just discount willpower. But the next step is once your environment is stronger than willpower, up your willpower and watch what happens because then it starts to get really powerful. And there's actually someone watching on LinkedIn. Her name's Nicole Brionis. I, if I haven't connected you yet, I'm sorry, Jody. You're going to love her. I'll connect the two of you. But she said, I love the two ears, one mouth comment that you made earlier. Uh, oh, she, she was out in Seattle. She's now in Nashville. And if there's anyone that I could study the 13 steps with over and over again, it'd be her. So I'll make sure I connect the two of you. But I, I love that. And I love this other thing that you said. You, I started to figure out where to slow down and speed up my transactions. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, really to use a sports analogy, because, you know, you're a, a big sports fan as, as I am, you know, being able to know the playbook backwards, forwards is so valuable. And when we come to, you know, sports analogies or even in, in business and life and communication, anything about the transaction cycle that really became valuable to you or catching yourself in communication that you'd like to jump on and talk about? Mm, gosh. You know, I use sports analogies all the time. I think, 
you're not going to go from zero to, you know, a hundred and overnight. It's always that constant learning and studying and making the time, making those appointments with yourself and learning the right way and, you know, learning what's important, what's relevant, what's, you know, whatever it is in your career path, doesn't matter what you're doing. But I think, you know, the everyday hitters, the singles, you know, over and over and over are going to get your batting average much higher. Um, if we compare it to baseball, I just got to have lunch today with John Stanton and his partner, Michael. Michael is a guy who owns the Seattle Rainiers here, who is our AAA team for the Mariners. John Stanton is one of the owners of the Mariners. So we've been talking baseball analogies actually for the last couple of hours before I came on here. But bottom line, I think that that you don't get really good overnight. Michael Jordan used to say, you know, the harder I practice, the luckier I get. You know, when people say, oh, you're so lucky, Josh, you just, you know, you're so lucky you fell into this really great program. But, you know, you you got knocked down and got up. You got knocked down, you got up. We we have to go through that, you know, to get better. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. No, but I that was, think that, you, you don't know, understand this office. They don't do sports analogies. I mean, literally, John, my CEO will say, Josh, it's just like in baseball when you have to hit that grand slam and run around the bases and slam dunk it into the touchdown. And I tell you, it's, it's so refreshing just to hear a sports analogy, um, especially, you know, from a Seattleite like yourself that, you know, has lost a few games to my 49ers in the last couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. Those 40 winers. You are so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, I, I do believe that, you know, what? whether it's football or whatever, these guys, let's use, um, you know, Julio, he's young who's a Mariner, but he's been a baseball player probably since he was four or five years old. And it's a challenge for some of those guys to come out of the game at age 30 and think they have an identity crisis. They've been, you know, whoever the baseball player since they were five years old, who am I now? I'm not a baseball player anymore. What do I do? What am I qualified to do? But bottom line, those guys have given up their summers. They've given up, you know, every weekend. They go to tournaments. Their vacations are tournaments and different things. So they've worked hard at what they got. They have fine-tuned their skill. They have, you know, learned the different, you know, things that it takes to, whether it's transacting, going from the dugout, or even making the team for that matter, but going to the, you know, plate and figuring out if they can hit that little ball coming at them. So it's just like the business life. You know, you you can't quit. If you're passionate about it, you get up and you do the right preparation over and over and over at some point in time. It's an activity game. You do the activity every day that it takes to get good and you'll get good. Yeah, I love that. And and I'll, I'll first a, a shout out to the Portland Sea Dogs because at least that's something you and I can both agree on. Okay. Uh, Go, go minor league team. And you know, there's yes. a Ted Williams. I, I'm, I'm a big Ted Williams guy, as you know, uh, with my Red Sox love. And he would talk about the idea that he could see the spin on the ball when he was a, a coach for the Senators. And he would talk to his players like, well, guys, when you see the ball spinning like this, and they all realize that this fighter pilot, you know, who took time off of baseball, had this eyesight that was so good, but that eyesight was just the natural ability. It wasn't until he was able to do the deliberate practice and be able to not just see the spin on the ball, the rotation of it, but also hit it that made him one of the greatest hitters up until Tony Gwynn of, of all time in baseball and probably better than Tony Gwynn if you don't take off a couple of years to fight in the world war. So right. I, I think that it's, it's, it's so valuable what you said because it goes back to kind of your own 
ethic. And this will probably wrap us up in the sense of like talking about activity, the activity of life, also known as work, labor, work and action. Um, mm -hmm. When when you do the things that you're really talented at or you get to use your body in the way to do the things that you love to do, whether it's taking care of your kids, you know, going out and working out, um, being in a business transaction, it tends to build some confidence. It tends to move you in a way that is unnatural. And a lot of people go, what does she have? And you're someone to me that is really an expert on choosing what I'm going to do and then doing so. Um, is there anything that you'd say about kind of the, the condition of life activity or work? I, I think it's really so much around your mindset. And I look at what do I, what would make me excited to get up every day? And if I'm doing what I love, um, you know, we all, I, I think sometimes taking some baby steps and I'll use this as a kind of a baby step. I have a girlfriend and she became my accountability partner. And sometimes it's hard to get motivated by yourself when it's things you don't want to do. The clock goes off or the alarm goes off. I'm sorry, at say 5 a.m. or 5.30. And I set it with all intentions of I'm going to get up and just go for a long walk before I do anything else. Or I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to do whatever. That alarm comes off. It's really easy to hit snooze over and over and justify in your head like you have that little part of your brain that just tells you it's okay, just do double time tomorrow. <laughs> and it's really not. So having that accountability partner where we're going to meet there at 6 a.m. You know, oh gosh, Jan is going to be there at 6 a.m. I better show up. You know, then you're forced to show up. And if those are the baby steps it takes to, to create that pattern and then it becomes a little bit of a habit, then you look forward to it. But, you know, Doing something, getting your mind cleared, doing whether it's, you know, I see sometimes on your posts, Josh, and I love that, your Ventura Beach. And, you know, back in the day where you had Buddy, I just think what a great place for just going down there. It was like so empty. You know, there weren't very many people that I would see in the background to just sit and, and meditate early morning, clear your head, start thinking of, you know, on your way back, what are some of the things that I can accomplish today? And having some power words and phrases that go into your brain about what do I want to accomplish today? Because I can't if I want. And you can. You can train your brain with your words, with your you know, behaviors, with what, what it is that you do. And I think sometimes I exercise more because, one, I don't want to be sluggish. It mm -hmm. gives me more energy to, to feel like I've had some exercise and had some brain work done for my day to day. Um, I listen better. I probably transact much better and staying in shape. I can keep up with my kids and I have some grandchildren, as you know, and, you know, it keeps me vibrant. I think, you know, bottom line, we're all, you know, at some point going to expire. It doesn't, you know, you don't know if you're going to be 40 or 90 or 102 or 110, but mobility is so important. And I think it's the mobility and the, in keeping your brain energized as well and motivated. And that's part of your environment. You know, how do you set that up? How do you, how do you move forward? And, and your transactions, your listening, your, your knowledge, your everything will just improve. It's just part of the deal. I love that so much. And, and thank you for bringing up buddy. And I mean, COVID was tough, but boy, mm -hmm. having that dog, 
he was such a jerk, but boy, he was such good looking dog. I tell you, I got some great pictures of that beautiful, <laughs> mean dog. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this. I think you got him as a chick magnet. Is that the deal? <laughs> I, I got him to be a, what was it? We said um, a, 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 a lady killer and yeah. not realizing that he literally hated women. And so it was a whole thing to have a dog that was truly a lady killer. Um, right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with this in the sense of, I'd love to hear a little bit more on, on the condition of life activity based on your motto. And, and I'm going to read these to you. Never having to apologize to a client for recommendations and do the right thing. Could you talk about how those two mantras fit with your ethic for your activity of what you do with your mind and body? A hundred percent. I do a lot of research. You know, one of the, the things that we talk about in the program even is I remember, you know, what are facts? What is the, the information highway is out there and and it's really uh, prevalent today how much is out there that is not true. And you think, well, what is my source? Where do I get my material? Where do you get your information? You know, you hear that over and over, especially in the political um, scheme of things. But just knowing in my industry where I can go and do the research on different companies, different product that's out there, you can, you know, and I'm going to compare it to a sports analogy. Going back to, uh, you know, the Oakland Oakland A's way back, they were doing the, there was their program called Moneyball. They wrote a book and a movie about it. And it was all about what is in the future, what are they doing today, whether it's a player and or a company in my industry, what are they doing today that will impact the next five years, 10 years, 50 years? And I think you have to look at a history of company, a history of, you know, whether they're money managers, whether they are, um, you know, the, the people behind the scenes on the investment side of the company, who are they? What are their conduct scores per se in all areas of financial stability, quality of product, um, history, you know, so I do research on companies. I won't, I won't put my name on anything with a company unless I, you know, research it enough. And it's important to me that if I work with someone that I know that I'm working in that, you know, best of the best, because I want to, I want to bring the best of the best to my clients. And the only way I can do that is knowing the companies who are the the good people out there that we can do that business with. So what do I do in advance? I, I listen to you know, reports, Comdex, you know, the some of the reports that are, they, they have an audio feed. Um, I look at industry organizations. I'm a member of a few organizations that I can get in and you hear the inside scoops of different companies and what's happening, uh, what, what hires or changeovers in CEOs, which many times that will impact, there's a trickle down effect, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. Um, but knowing, you know, how to anticipate that for however long you're going to be working with this client in this particular product. So it's important. It's part of the, the study. You know, when we I talk about it. you need to study every day. And yes, you need to study every day, not just for yourself, but for the people that you serve. So good. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you one last thing. It's a, we do a yeah. soapbox moments. It's sort of a, uh, you get to teach me now. I, I become the student again. And I, I'd love you to tell me something about transactional competence in your business um, that could be kind of a soapbox moment for, for you that you just, I mean, this is a big deal, that, a, a takeaway that you think other people should hear, something you can teach us. 
Oh my gosh. I, I think that, you know, for what I do, it's really hard to give that to a whole crowd of people, but I can just tell you, everybody is different. Everyone's situation, money, everything that you have, your, you know, assets, your debt, your anything, you know, from my, my career, um, everyone is different. You shouldn't be treated like every other person in your neighborhood or in your work or, um, getting advice from, you know, your cube buddy or whatever, you know, do a little bit of research on your, your own and, you know, work with someone that you trust and find out who they are, who do they work with? What is their belief system? What do they own? What do they do? And I think, you know, if you're going to be a good steward of what you're doing in my industry, you need to be an owner of the things that we promote, you know, so it, it's, Sort of like if you're going to sell a Chevy truck, you should be driving some sort of a Chevy. Mm. You know, mm. you don't want to be selling Chevys when you drive a Toyota. So, you know, be the example. And I think you you lead by example. I love that, Jody. Um, I'm I'm going to wrap it up, and I'm I'm I want you to listen in. Don't don't go anywhere. We're going to take you off the screen, but I want you to listen in because I want you to hear about Thrive, and I'll I'll tell you all about it later. But Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm such a fan of yours and I hope you know that. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. I, I like being your guest and I have to throw one more thing out. If there's anyone in this group that might be listening that is younger, take advantage. The younger you are, sign up for this program because you have many years ahead of you to just get better and better and better. That's my only regret with the program. Well, I... I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to let the, there you the, go. The, the best salesperson I know just take off like that. Thank you so much. Jody. It's, it's so wonderful because sales has such a connotation of, you know, cutthroat. And, and for some reason we've lost this feeling of a salesperson can have ethics or can move in a way where they actually leave people in a better place. Jody is such a great example of someone who I just really respect because the way that she moves and the ethics that she moves with her activity and her work, what she does with her mind and body during the day is top notch. And, and Jody, thank you so much for being a part of this and for being a part of my life and investing in me as well. Um, I, I think I tell this to all the clients. I learn more from them, I think, sometimes than they can ever learn from me. And Jody's a great example of that. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll plug her on the, on the outway, but, but make sure you do get connected with her on LinkedIn or anywhere. I promise you, you will not regret it. Now, if you'd like to know more about us at Influential U, you can go to influentialu.global and explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those that are seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're newer to Influential U or like Jody, it's been a while and you just want to refresh some skills, we recommend you come out and try out our new Thrive. It's self-guided training. Now, Thrive is a self-guided program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster, no matter what age you are. Your membership also includes chat access to faculty, plus discounts to our transformative conferences. You, Jody Lentz, can sign up today if you use promo code 20OFF, that's 20OFF, for a 20% discount on the monthly subscription. That's coupon code 20OFF. 
Next week, I'm excited because I'm going to be welcoming Tanya Torres to the Influential You podcast. Tanya is a young professional who is an expert in the field of money or the condition of life known as money. I'm excited to have her share her story with you, and I hope that you'll join us. Thank you so much for listening today. Each week, we stream live at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, so you can easily share this podcast with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place you get quality podcasts. Check out our show notes for links to connect with Jody Lentz, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads that we may have talked about in today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the Influential You staff, faculty, and members all around the world, with a special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, contributions from John Patterson, Michael Teehee, Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and Liz Smiley, and a huge thank you to our guest today, Jody Lenz. The Influential You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded on January 18th, 2023. The podcast theme, and I love this song, is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Trained Everywhere. And if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, get onto that iTunes app or your podcast app, and let us know what you think. This helps me more than you know. I'll see you next week on the Influential You Podcast.